Welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. My guest today on Launch is Eric Shoemaker. He's a pastor and author. We're going to be talking about his book, Ours, Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving Miscarriage. This is a timely subject. It's always applicable. Whether you're dealing with miscarriage in your own family or whether you're a pastor and you're dealing with people who are struggling through the aftermath of having had a miscarriage, this is a timely and helpful book. Paul David Tripp says this book is full of helpful insights and answers, but the best thing it gives you is Jesus. I hope both this book and this conversation are helpful to you. Welcome back to Launch. As previously mentioned in the intro section, my guest is Eric Shoemaker, and he has written a really, really helpful book. Uh, If you're a pastor, you possibly have been through this yourself. If not, you definitely have counseled someone who has been through a couple uh, who's been through miscarriage. Um, The unique thing about Eric's book is it's biblical comfort for men grieving miscarriage. Um, This is just recently out, right? Yeah, it releases July 1. Oh, so it's recently not out. We're yeah, it's recording. recently not we're out. Rec- <laughs> we're recording just before it releases. For a limited time only, it's that's not right. out. That's right. So uh, prayerfully, by the time you get this, you can pre-order it on your favorite online website. Um, so uh, welcome to Launch, man. It's really great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Marty, for having me. I've enjoyed uh, knowing you over Twitter for quite some time. So it's it's good to put a face and a voice uh, with, with the account. Oh, okay. So putting a voice with it means you've never listened to my other podcast, right? Well, whoa, whoa, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Let's talk Truth about my book, about. shall we? We're, we're, <laughs> we're not editing this part either, dude. Hey, um, for folks who don't know who Eric Schumacher is, take a couple minutes to, um, you're a pastor, but what else? I'm a husband of Jenny for almost 24 years. So wow, next month we'll celebrate 24 that. years. Uh, father of... Of uh, we have five kids in our home, four teenagers right now. Uh, wow. oldest oldest will be 20 next month, so wow. Uh, the youngest is 10, four boys and a girl, and so that Dude. that keeps life uh, very busy. And uh, my wife Jenny is a oh, she's she's uh, my better nine tenths, she's tremendous. So it's awesome, yeah. I, w- yeah, I, w- I can I can believe that, uh. I can, I can believe that she's nine tenths of the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so although, are your kids, although don't, don't, don't multiply me by nine and think that's all she is. <laughs> I'm being very generous with myself. <laughs> so, uh, so are, so you got all these kids, you got a 10 year age range with five kids. Are they at least like involved and interested to like all play soccer one game after another, or is like one in dance, one in piano, one in soccer, oh. one in archery, that kind of thing. So the oldest one's in college, so he's pretty okay. self-sufficient. And well, the seventeen-year-old um, has a really nice uh, girlfriend, and uh, that keeps him that keeps him busy. Yeah, um, yeah. and and he has a summer job, so I'm thankful Excellent. for that. And uh, the fifteen-year-old is he is involved in soccer and just started in a robotics uh, oh, nice. competition team that. They went to the world championships in Houston and he was the robot what? driver for the whole team. And, um, wow. and That's he's, cool. 
he's our outdoorsman. He's always outside doing something. He took over the shop in our garage when we moved to this uh, new to us house. And he, <laughs> unknown to any of us, discovered he had some kind of saw that would cut metal. So he started cutting circular saw blades, strips out of them, and yeah. uh, making knives and like a uh, batarang throwing bat sharpened things that could probably do a lot of harm to somebody. So do the robots throw those? No, he hasn't. He hasn't figured that out yet. I'm trying not to suggest that idea. So <laughs> right now his dream is he's, he says when he turns 18 and graduates high school, he's going to be uh, moving to Alaska and living as a survivalist. And he thinks he's prepared for that because he watches life below zero and bear grills. And so, Oh, okay. I, I well, think, I mean, what could go wrong? I, I know. I'm, I'm, I think, uh, buddy, there's has, a little bit has more. He, look, has he read into the wild? Uh, no, he has not. And I'm thinking about showing him that film. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. So I I said, buddy, there's a a little bit more than knowing how to skin an animal and drink Mm -hmm. your own urine to living in Alaska. So, (laughs) although he was out at a friend's acreage a year or two ago and their dog ran up with a rabbit that had just caught and Mm -hmm. he was probably 13, pulled his pocket knife out and he skinned the rabbit, gutted it right there. And, uh, built the put it on a spit and built a fire and cooked it over and ate it wow he went so, on castaway in about 10 seconds there didn't he yeah he did i'm gonna get him a volleyball just to keep him company so. <laughs> that's awesome yeah so our our daughter's 13 uh she's she's wonderful and uh, she's a a budding author she's awesome Fifty thousand words into a novel she's working on and uh yeah. and it's good i better than i I've, I've written as an adult and, uh, and our 10 year old, he's the, the sweetest and friendliest of all of our kids. And we're just trying to desperately figure out how to keep them that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's fantastic. Well, let's talk about ours, biblical comfort for men grieving miscarriage. Uh, I'm going to open up by, uh, saying that, um, my wife and I never went through this. So I don't know how common or uncommon that makes us. Uh, and as a pastor, and I was a, in full-time pastoral ministry for 20 plus years, I think, um, I, I can barely remember one or two incidences. And so I think I'm somewhat of an mm. anomaly mm. that this is not a thing that I dealt with in ministry a lot. And of course, there's the possibility that people didn't even talk about it. You know, it yeah. happened in our church and people didn't say yeah. anything about it. But, uh, but you're addressing the, the men in the story. So the, the, the Mm -hmm. dad to be, Mm -hmm. um, and the unique struggles. Uh, what I love about your book is that you, you relate it to so many things were happening in the life of Jesus. Hmm. So, um, so let's talk about, first of all, how did you come to write this book? Yeah. So, uh, years ago, you you know, for your listeners sake, I, my wife and I have uh, experienced four miscarriages, and uh, I believe the statistic is one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. Oh, wow. And, uh, but, you know, as a pastor, one of the reasons you don't often hear about it is because people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had, I had written for Risen Motherhood an article about my experience uh, with miscarriage uh, in order, they asked me to write it in order to help women uh, understand what their husbands are going through. Mm-hmm. And so a few years back then, uh, Abby Wedgworth asked me if I would include a testimony as a father in her book held, which is a 
it's it's actually a companion volume to ours, but a mm-hmm. 31 day resource, journaling resource, uh, with devotions, uh, walking through a psalm. And I got I got the book, and it's just fantastic. It became immediately my go to resource on miscarriage, mm-hmm. and I just loved everything the Good Book Company did with it. And you know, all through our miscarriages, uh, one of the things to talk about in the book is that I, I just never heard men talk about miscarriage. And I mm-hmm. experienced firsthand how unprepared other men in the church were uh, to care for a man walking through miscarriage mm-hmm. and even hospitals and, you know, just everywhere. Um, for obvious reasons, miscarriage is thought about as a, as a, as a woman's thing, which, which mm-hmm. it is because they're the ones that are miscarrying. They're the ones that were pregnant, right. uh, but every child has a mother and a father and uh, every mother wants the father to be involved in the pregnancy and wants the father to rejoice over the birth of the child. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, I don't know who picked the title of the book at the good book company, but that's what the name ours is all about is mm-hmm. that this is, this is ours. And so I, I just wrote uh, uh, Carl at, the good book company an email and uh, said, Hey, fantastic work on this volume. It's really good. And you really need to write one. You need, you need to publish one for men and I want to write it. And they, they were gracious enough to, to is do that it. How that works? On it. Is that how that yeah, works? That's I exactly find a how book it works. And say, this is a great book and you need to write a companion and I need to write it. Is that how it works? I, sometimes I guess, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> First time I've tried it, but it won't be that's the awesome. last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I want to do is um, read, a, read some of the chapter titles and just let you comment mm. uh, that yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, it's set up with really short chapters. Um, there's uh, 31. So it's, it's a, it's a month's worth of, of brief devotions Yep. Um, with some time, some opportunity for reflection. So it, it's not just, Hey, let's re- I'm going to read this and go to work. It's I'm going to sit with this yeah. a little bit. I'm going to process this and process myself as I process this. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's hit just a few of the chapter titles, uh, give everybody an idea of what's going on. And, um, then I think this is going to become a go-to for a lot of folks, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, second, second chapter, have I really lost a child? What is Mm. that? And why is it significant? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, what you mentioned earlier, you know, about incidents from the life of Jesus, uh, for your listeners, uh, the book walks through the book of Luke, uh, in 30, over 31 days. And what I, what I did before I wrote it is I wrote down questions that are common for people to ask as going through miscarriage and then, puts them together with uh, the suffering servant and mm-hmm. how he cared for suffering people. And so I, I, I picked Luke. Uh, one of the many reasons I picked Luke is because it starts with um, barrenness mm-hmm. with Elizabeth and Zechariah. Mm-hmm. And then it, it opens with a chapter dealing with uh, children in the womb and you know, we, we're in a culture that you and I and everyone listening both, you know, we all know this, that it, there's a lot of debate about abortion right now. Mm-hmm. And we're in a culture that does not always value life in the womb or, or, you know, diminishes the value mm-hmm. of life in the womb. And miscarriage is an unseen suffering in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe if you've been able to have a sonogram, you've seen the child, but, but, but often it's uh, unseen uh, and a very unseen loss. And so you didn't, know this child most often you weren't able to hold the child unless it was far enough along you could after after delivery 
And so it's easy to say, was this really a baby? Was this, mm. was this really this? And, and I love the fact that um, right there in the first two chapters of Luke, he uses the word uh, brephos, which is the word for, for baby mm-hmm. or child. And he uses it of what leapt in Elizabeth's womb mm-hmm. and what Mary laid in the manger. And mm-hmm. it's, it's every, every bit as much a child. Does God know what I'm going through? Mm, yeah, that question. Um, it's easy, you know, to look at Jesus and say, "Well, he was never a father." Does he know what, what I'm going through? But uh, you know, the main event in the Gospel of Luke, what it's leading up to, is the crucifixion of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, who is the Son of God, and that means our God knows what it's like to lose a child, to watch a child mm-hmm. die, mm-hmm. and He can sympathize. What do I do with my anger? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, miscarriage is one of those situations where I think as fathers we feel this right and benevolent desire to protect our wives, protect or protect our wife, and protect our children. And miscarriage is one of those things where it doesn't matter what you do; it, there's nothing you could have done to protect your wife mm. or your child from this pain and its loss. And so anger is a common response to feeling an injustice, to feeling frustrated because what the good thing you want to have happen, you're not able to do something's frustrated it. So um, yeah, I think, I think Jesus is, is uh, offers some good hope there for men who are experiencing anger, anger in response. So you have a chapter on uh, caring for uh, the man caring for his wife. Yeah. And I can't imagine uh, much more of a minefield uh, for a guy, especially for guys, you know, what we think of as the typical guy who's not greatly in touch with his emotions and doesn't mm-hmm. always know how to respond when her wife is deeply in touch with hers. Yeah. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about the guy who, um, this has happened to, or the pastor is ministering to a dude and he's just like, what do I say to my wife? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, everyone grieves in different ways and at different times. And that really comes out in miscarriage because often when they find out about the miscarriage, uh, the man moves into not necessarily fix it mode because he can't fix it, but mm-hmm. to do list mode. And if there's other children, you know, I'm going to need to make sure they get to school. I need to run them to soccer practice. I need to make sure meals are covered. I need to go to the pharmacy to pick up medications for her. Um, I'm going to do all the things I can to sort of just bury my emotions in, in busyness. And there can also be the temptation to think, you know, if he is grieving and feeling emotional about this to think, well, man, I, I can't really say anything about that. I can't say that I'm not doing well because this is, this, this happened to her and, I don't want to diminish her grief by, you know, just sitting on the bed with her and weeping. And I, and I, and I tell guys, you know, uh, your wife, uh, you know, you were, you were both there when this child was conceived and she wanted you to be there when the child was born and, and you plan to raise this child together. Mm-hmm. Don't make her walk through this loss alone. Mm. this was always yours together. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
somebody else can run the kids around. You have church, family, friends, somebody else can get the meals. Somebody else can do all the things, but you're really the one who needs to be sitting with her and mourning with her. And if you don't feel those feelings right now, just sympathize with hers, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and your feelings will come. And uh, sometimes the Lord allows us to grieve at different times so that we can care for each other uh, in those seasons. But, but just, you know, if the gospel of Luke is about anything, it's about God taking on flesh and being present with yeah. us. Uh, be that with your wife. So here's a chapter that when I saw it, yeah, it really grabbed my attention. Does my grief make me, un- make me useless to Jesus? Does my grief make me useless mm-hmm. to Jesus? How did you even come up with that quote? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's depending on what sort of tribe people are in spiritually and all that, we we can get this uh, mindset that to be useful to Jesus, we always need to be doing something uh, out there, accomplishing something, serving somebody else, these sorts of things. And when grief gets to be so intense that all we can do is sit there and cry, we can begin to think, well, now I'm you know, I, I'm not only a failure to my wife because I can't do all the things, and I'm not only a failure to my children. Now I'm a failure to God uh, because I, you know, if I really had faith, I'd be strong enough to, uh, you know, get up and get out there and brush this off and go do things. And yeah. that's not the Jesus we meet in the gospel. Uh, you know, yeah. he's weeping at Lazarus's tomb, and he's. Um, so sorrowful in the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane is so his soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. Mm. And that's I and, I and I would and I would add our grief is not useless, it's a form of worship mm. because grief is a way of saying, God, I know you exist, I know that you're good, I know that this situation is wrong in, in some sense, you know, it's mm-hmm. because the world's broken. And there's no reason to grieve unless you believe those things about God. Mm. And so it's, it's an acknowledgement of his, of his goodness and mm. that he's the only one we can turn to. How should I care for my other children? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, depending on how each of the parents are doing, um, how do, you know, it can be difficult just to interact with the other children in the midst of grief. Uh, but the other thing is, is, what are these, what can these kids, depending on their ages, understand? And, and I don't think it's wrong to bring our children into our grief. You know, this is a sibling mm-hmm. and uh, they may have known about the pregnancy. It may have been early enough. They didn't know about it, um, but they are going to live in a world that is filled with death and sorrow and brokenness. And this is an opportunity to show them how we how we face it and hope in Jesus through it. So I don't think you address this in the, you don't have a chapter by this name. You might address it. So I'm going to ask you to, to talk about it a little bit because it's right in the same uh, narrative. Um, a lot of miscarriages do happen and you just referenced this really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mom knows that she's expecting has probably shared it, probably showed dad, the, the lines or the line, whichever way it goes, uh, on the test. And, um, and then they may not have told other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned may not 
gift. Well, they may not have told anybody yet because maybe it's yeah. pre a, a certain amount of weeks and they're going to wait a certain amount of weeks. Yeah. Uh, then, it, then there's a miscarriage. Um, they lose the baby. Um, talk to a pastor who's counseling or a, a couple who are going through that very scenario mm. and they're trying to decide who they tell and what they tell and when they tell. Yeah. Because if they're really grieving, they can't hide the grief. Mm -hmm. And so they go to church on Sunday or they go to church on Wednesday night or, you know, go to some activity related to church and they're, they're grieving. They can't hide the fact that they're grieving, but they don't just want to come out and say it help walk through how to address how you share that story. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think it's a really great question. And, you know, one thing I like to emphasize is that every miscarriage is unique. That, you know, none of them duplicate entirely the circumstances, the stage of the pregnancy, all those things. And so, mm -hmm. and, and the people are unique. And so all of that needs to be taken into account as you, as you answer that question. And so I, I would, I would, I would begin by just sympathizing with them, uh, validating their grief, that it's right, that they feel this way. It's a, it's a right and good way to feel. And then um, to ask them, who, who are the people that know you best and that you feel like would understand and be safe to share with? Mm -hmm. um, they could share with the whole church if they wanted to, um, or if they wanted to just share with you and the pastoral staff or their small group leaders or their small group or, or whoever it might be. I, I, I would encourage them, who, who are the people that are going to understand and care for you? Because particularly even with an announced pregnancy, you live with that every day and the people you tell rejoice with you, they're not preparing a nursery. They're not dreaming about playing football in the backyard. They're, you know, and they, they're not acquainted with this child in the ways that you are and dreaming about this child, the way that you are. So it's, it's very easy for people to hear the news, be sorrowful with you, and then just move on and sort of forget about it, which is tragic. Um, and, and, and that can be very hurtful if a church responds like that. And so I think mm. part of what I want to do as a pastor is point them to people who are going to sit with them in the grief and remain with them in the grief and make sure they're cared for after the initial, initial announcement. Eric Shoemaker, your book is Ours, Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving Miscarriage will be available, I think you said July 1st. That's right. Right. From the good book company. Do you know if they're going to be offering, um, if a church wanted to buy 20 or 30 yeah. or whatever, can they order directly from the company at, at a rate? Or you something? can. And in fact, um, if you're, if we, if you're worth a church or ministry, uh, the good book company on their website has a ministry partners program mm -hmm. where if you sign up through whatever ministry that you help lead, you can get a free sample of any resource you want. And then I think 40% off, uh, for ministry pur purposes, purchases. And, and I, and I, you know, it, it sounds self-serving, but I would just encourage every pastor to grab, you know, two or three or four or five uh, copies of both Abby's book uh, held and ours and just have them in your study so that you don't have to wait to order it. When the miscarriage happens, you can grab a copy of each and head to their home with a, with a meal and, and just leave it as a gift for them. That's awesome. Eric, Hanging out today, man. Yeah, thank you, Marty. It's been good. Thank you for listening to Launch, the GCC podcast. 
If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that in your favorite podcast app? Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results and recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles. There's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church, and plenty of other content that'll help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.